the course. He knows how to set the scene. <laughs> Everybody, I, Thomas, I've been wanting you to be on the podcast for so long. How do you, uh, I, I mean, you are deeply involved in everything we do. Like, Thanks, deeply. I, I feel like um, my role is just kind of, uh, you know, line, lining everything up and, and putting it together. It's It's on the back end. It's after the fact. It's after you guys have gotten back from the trip. And it's really fun because I get to first hear about what you guys shot and experienced, and then I get to see it, you know, in, in camera form, and just start chopping it up and putting it together in the edit. And yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's fun. It's really fun. You're, uh, y- y- you know, you you said after the fact, but actually, I would say it's it's. It might be after the fact of the things happening. By the way, if you're like wondering who the hell Thomas is, it's it should say it in the description of the podcast. But you're the editor extraordinaire of shows that you know by heart. Uh, the unofficial official golf guide to Scotland, yeah. Isle of Man, the, uh, the as yet unseen Iceland vlogs, yeah. which changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, you say it's after the fact, but really it's it is. It is quite before the fact, I would mm-hmm. say, as far as uh, anyone listening or mm-hmm. watching on the YouTube channel. I mean, you're the um, the the um, the level of authorship is I wouldn't say at all diminished by this after the fact. I mean, obviously, you know this, but I'm just talking to people who don't maybe quite understand the creative control that an editor or an editor such as yourself have on the media that we put out. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the process is. The process isn't important. What what matters is the end product and how it's received. And I don't think I've ever worked with anyone that first has such a such an awesome community of, you know, call it fans, call it audience. But there's there's just um there's a personal factor to your work that I really love, and it it feels like it's homegrown. It's like it feels like it's cooked in the kitchen, you know, like serving serving up on a hot plate, putting it on the table, and uh, you know, just uh, just giving the people what they want, and and um, like creativity and in, in that homegrown kind of uh, small town vibe is is really pure. It's so funny you say that because I do I love to cook. Yeah. And uh, you're going to watch footage. I'm about, to, I'm about to give you a drive of Mexico. We're, yeah. We're, before I get into this quick story, we're in uh, Colts in the trunk, apparently. Snow, snowballs here. <laughs> uh, we're at Rustic Canyon Golf Course in California, which is, um, I'm sure you have a bit of history with this place as a, as a native Californian golfer. Yeah, definitely. So I grew up in Thousand Oaks, just down the freeway, five minutes from here. I actually didn't play Rustic f- until about a month ago. Really? I had never been here. Uh, my buddy David lives down the street, had never even been to this part of Moore Park. And when I played here, I was just first blown away that a course like this is in the Conejo Valley, which, you know, is a suburb of L.A. And, you know, small town kind of vibe, but just how, like, put together and thought out the whole course was. I'd never played anything remotely close to this in my life. And when I when I finished the round with my dad and my brother and my brother-in-law, I was like, that was so challenging, but just even more, that was so fun and just blew me away. It is one of the hardest tracks in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gil Hance course, Jeff Shackelford course. I believe Jim Wagner. I could be getting that wrong. But in any event, we're here to – I, in some sense, we're here as a, a, we're here to play golf. But we're also here, I think, for – on some level, is it performance art, what's about to happen? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. It's uh, you know, the the fairway is our stage maybe, and um, 
we're here to like push the game forward and like if we have if we like don't have a good time then we're failing exactly it's on us on that yeah, point yeah. we're here to shoot an episode of random golf club which is i think one of my favorite things to shoot and it's also uh one of the things again when you see random golf club on the youtube channel um you need to realize that thomas edited the first episode of that and yeah. and therefore what that means when an editor comes in and, and edits the pilot you essentially create the look mm -hmm. and i mean you know the logo literally random mm -hmm. golf club yeah that was you. Yeah. You right. just you just sent it to me. You put jazz in there. It was me and Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. And you made it great. Yeah. And that then continued. And same with the unofficial official Golf Guide to Scotland. You come up with the font. You know, you dial it all in. We talk a little bit about what it is, but essentially that's why we're here. That's why we're inside of a car. And, you know, we, we have some extra time, so we thought we would get this together. What are you, Briefly, before we go back to that cooking analogy that I want to dive into and, mm -hmm. and the homegrown content we make, can you just dive into Random Golf Club a yeah. little bit? Because I, yeah. I know you get it. Right, right. So that first episode with Craig T was at Sherwood here, just in Thousand Oaks down the road. And it was like, the way you shot it was you didn't know how it was going to go. No, no. One, no one knew how it was going to go. You, you got the camera rolling and was like, hey, Craig, you mind if I film? And he's like, oh, I should have put done my makeup this morning. You know, it was the, the entire thing was random. That was the most random episode of <laughs> Random Golf Club. Um, and so you're driving down the street. And really, when it comes to creative choices, I think it's all about what feels good and what feels right. Not necessarily, you know, what might be the coolest or what might be the um, what might appeal to most people. It's just what feels right. So the font, the music, that, that's a small part of the overall story. Uh, I think what makes RGC fun is that you'll be hitting a putt and then you'll be talking about something, you know, random or personal. And then you're on the tee box and you're on something else that like the story keeps moving and it keeps jumping. And there's no there's no like coherent kind of narrative to it. Like you can you can pop in at any part of that episode and like enjoy it from that point forward. Right. Yeah, it's not like uh, it's 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 snackable. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, Here, I'm That's gonna hand this. Hey, Colt, can I hand this to you? There you go. Just maybe just keep it rolling. Just grab a few. Uh, if you're listening to this episode of uh, the Eric Anders Lang Show and you want to see what Thomas looks like, head out to YouTube. <laughs> Thomas, you look. Uh, at some points, I look on your Instagram and I'm like, you actually are a rapper. You 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 have a you. You you're one of the coolest people I know as far as Thanks. style goes, <laughs> and as far as just just you you seem to really not care about, and I and I mean that in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. You seem to really just try things and go out there, yeah. and it's it's some of it's bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for that. First off, a, a lot of members of my family will say the same thing that you know, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, like <laughs> we might be hanging out like at Thanksgiving, like Thomas is over there, like playing piano or you know just doing something random or like weird but um i don't know I, th I think the best way i can describe myself is um I, you know I, I try to be authentic in everything that i do i definitely do me most of the time um and i just hope people are are down with that like do you really though do you actually care um i mean every everyone cares but i i think you just have to I don't know, man. This is getting deep. We're going deep. We're going, it's early, <laughs> I, and we're getting deep. I don't know. I, every, everyone cares, you know, about what other people think of them. Um, but I, I think it's important not to let it just control your life and, and you know, make you into this people pleaser. 
one of the conversations that you and I have a lot is about, uh, you know, because I'm learning about YouTube and about the way people ingest or digest the media right. that you and I make together. Right. And, you know, we have this conversation a lot about runtime yeah. and about, uh, you know, like whatever it is, <laughs> like the, these specific elements of what people want to see. And, you know, we, we've noticed some trends and we've noticed mm -hmm. others. And I, and I do find it funny because as I'm talking to you about these things, I'm, I can tell that you care. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I, if there's anyone who really doesn't care, it's you. It's, if there's someone who really is just like, I am going to make the creation for myself. If I'm interested in it, I'm gonna I'm gonna try anything. I'm not gonna hold back. I mean, you've you've Ace Cam, yeah. right? That was like uh, you know a wonderful theme that people. Someone actually messaged me this morning and said that they were playing golf mm -hmm. and they were on a par three, and he yelled out Ace Cam, and he said <laughs> he said no one got it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just funny all of the things that kind of we end up creating, yeah. Um, you know, after the fact or I, I don't know, um, but. Uh, I just wanted to go back to that cooking thing because I just want to get that out of my head is we were in Tulum and it's on this hard drive that we're going to give you now of all the, the golf show from Mexico and the stuff for the USGA. But we were at this one. Have you been to Tulum? Uh, no, I went, I've been to Cancun. Okay. I've been in Cancun for my honeymoon. So a short ways down from Tulum, uh, yeah. Cancun is this little hipster spot, Tulum, which yeah. I don't know. I'd be curious to know if you'd like it or not. Yeah. At first I was like, Same whoa, yeah. I was like, whoa, LA came to Mexico <laughs> And it's a hipsters Drops. left, right, and center. And yeah. so I didn't like it. But we stayed there a little longer. I got a little more um, of a vibe. And then basically went to this restaurant that doesn't have any electricity. They cook everything on the fire. Wow. And, you know, we ordered everything on the menu. And we filmed it. And it's, it's a well-known restaurant, Heartwood. Mm -hmm. And basically, I the steak comes out. And I love steak. Do you like mm -hmm. steak? I mean, yeah, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, yeah. Cigars, steak. Yeah. That's Thomas. No question. <laughs> So the steak comes out, and I'm, dude, it's like the best steak I've ever had in my life. Wow. And, I mean, it's mangled. It's fatty. It's cooked on a fire. It's, like, charred. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what made it so good. And I was thinking about it, actually, even before we had this discussion, was maybe what made that steak so good is that it was imperfect. Mm. It, it wasn't, like, some gastronomical, uh, you know, Visually equation. Imperfect. Visually, it was a mess. Okay. Well, also, they sliced it, which I hate. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't like when they slice my steak. Yeah. But I liked this one. Interesting. Anyway, it just was this homegrown, like you said, you used those words. It was It was just, it was not perfect. And I think in some ways, um, that's kind of what we try to do. Even with the podcast, like from the beginning, it, it, was, it was a decision based equally on efficiency, but also on creativity to never edit the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, I don't know. I mean, we're sort of beating a dead horse here with this concept, but, um, you know, you, you really get down with that. I'm curious, is that a like, you know, you have, um, I'm curious to know more about your editing career, but is that different from a lot of the things that you work on or that most editors work on? Um, I'd say the majority of the stuff that I've worked on has been very much documentary style, kind of, you know, real world situations, real stories, real people. Um, so I think that whole that whole area of storytelling uh comes natural to me um and i i think it's the purest form is just putting a, a camera in front of someone them telling your story and you being able to to mix it up with you know visual elements that help tell that story further 
Yeah, I think is documentary kind of the height of uh, an editor's um, kind of skill set. Would you say? Um, is it is it like the yeah, yeah, the most I, flexing? I I know it's it's tough because uh, a talking head, and that's it. Like if that's all you have to work with, that can be, you know, it can, it can be boring. It can be not engaging as a music video, or a commercial, or you know, something that's that's more artistic and compelling. So I'd say it's the most, it's more challenging. Um, you really have to know how to not only support the the narrative, but support the visual artistry of, of the story you're trying to tell. Yeah. And, you know, when you see a documentary, it's like it's either one or the other. It's either heavy on, on the talking head or, or heavy on the visual. Um, so I think that's why I like it, because it kind of brings those two worlds together. And you can just get insanely creative with how you lay out that story and how you uh, how you you show something to someone that they've never heard of or never seen before. Yeah, I think one of the things I see most from your work that differentiates really everything you do from everything anyone else does for me is music. Yeah. And um, I don't even know, I can't remember when I learned this, but you have a day job that's not editing golf videos for some guy in, yes. in Hollywood. What's your What's your day job? Yeah, so right now um, I'm a video editor at Beats One at Apple Music. Um, I've been there for just over a year, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, we edit all the uh, interviews um, that come into Beats One on Apple Music. We cut social clips. Uh, just you know, get to meet. Um, a lot of interesting musicians and artists um, and actually my my contract is ending by the time this comes out it'll it'll, it'll be finished but um yeah so I'll be moving on and uh, but I'm it's it's been a it's been a great uh, I guess look into the music world on a big massive corporate level um, learned a lot and met a lot of great people and Did you meet Dre no <laughs> not yet he was at the Christmas party oh my uh, the first year yeah yeah you called me. We were in Mexico. You called me and said, um, I wanted to talk to you really quick. I remember we were driving. Yeah, it was yeah. like the middle of the night. Yeah. We were on the bumpiest road ever, and you were right. like, I got some news. Yeah. And you were like, I'm leaving Apple. And I was like, congratulations. <laughs> this is going to be good. Yeah. Because yeah. I've always felt like I've had, um, you know, more than you're able to, right. you know, right. we've been maximizing your yeah. time right now. Yeah, no, I, I remember when we first met. Like one of the conversations we had was, would you ever do this full time? And in the back of my mind, I'm like, absolutely. But, you know, right now isn't that time. Right. And I'm thrilled that that time has finally come. I'm stoked. So, uh, I mean, I just have a thousand questions for you. Yeah. And, and I want to uh, let's 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 continue the music thing. Okay. Um, how you, you, you first of all, the Insta story where you're in the studio with who was it? You know what I'm talking about. It was like it was so, you. Oh, it was someone else's live story that you screenshotted, and then in the background <laughs> yeah. you were there. Yeah. What yeah. was that? Who was uh, that? I'm trying to think. Very well known artist. Um. Yeah. One of one of the shows we have on Beats One is Ramona Radio with Vince Staples, and his DJ was going live, and it, we we shoot the show every week on Friday mornings, and it's so fun. He's a he's a hilarious guy, and and just brings it every time. And so his DJ was going live on. Uh, Instagram and I texted everyone. I was like, "Hey, you guys, follow uh, follow Westside's High." You know, <laughs> um, but stuff like that. You know, like I, I don't 
I'm much more interested in, in artists kind of process and, um, you know, how, how they do what they do. Mm. Uh, Vince is, uh, he's, he's just a, a real guy and, um, he's a great musician and he's absolutely hilarious and, uh, I would highly recommend you check out Ramona Radio on Beats One, Apple Music. I'll check it out. <laughs> um, you, you, uh, how do you, I mean, it's a big question, but you understand music to a degree that I, I don't. Mm. Uh, I, I can see it, I can witness it, but I could yeah. never duplicate it, um, or at least I feel that way. And I'm not, you know, but how do you, do you have theories around the connection between? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> from an early age, my mom put me in piano lessons when I was really young. And so that's kind of that was kind of the springboard into uh, my understanding of music and did the piano lessons thing when I was little kind of got, you know, discouraged by the theory of it and just decided to go off and do my own thing. And I was like, I don't need to read music or, you know, know how to do this right. I can do it my way and make it my own thing. And so I started playing by ear and always had a keyboard in the house. And, you know, whenever I went to my aunt's house or wherever I was, if there was a piano there, that I'd be there instantly. So that's that's where I think um, I'm super thankful to my mom for, for putting me in piano lessons and giving me that that uh, that knowledge early on. And so that's kind of where it all comes from. I sing as well. Um, I put out a four-track EP a couple of months ago that features the legendary golf song that uh, I slid into one of your cuts. Just slid it in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching Isle of Man episode two. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, this, I think is by far the best thing we've created. Oh yeah. Whether it's yeah. uh Thomas and Thomas as an editor Episode and two. and as a golfer and as a, and as a, just a creative David and Stuart and myself shooting it. Mm-hmm. Th- this is the best video we've ever done. And I we we can come back to the voiceover aspect of that cuz I think it's kind of funny, but um you're he you slipped this song in the end of the episode that mm-hmm. talks about how the the singer, this anonymous person at the time when I heard it is going to go play golf this weekend and yeah how their phone is on airplane mode and they're just going to go check out into golf. It was beautiful. And I heard it and I was like, wait a minute. And I had no evidence other I could have maybe researched the EP. Was the EP out by then? Yeah, it was on SoundCloud. So if I had Googled it, I would have known that you did it. But I just, I was like, I feel like Thomas wrote this fucking song. Yeah, yeah. So I put that together and I was like, it was four tracks and I wanted to do one that was just about golf in general and kind of, low-key and not a lot to the song and it's very simple like i did not spend a lot of time you know what can we just play it yeah why don't we do this uh let's uh we're gonna we're gonna just play it right now nice and um uh then we'll be right back and we can we can break down the song perfect okay weekend 
It's getting lit, no drinking. I get that score on the low. You made a bogey on the thirteenth hole. I'm playing golf this weekend. Like a king this weekend Out on the course is where I stay In the sun or in the shade I'm playing golf this weekend I feel like if if we were a radio show, we'd have like Robin Givens like clapping and and it was like Howard Stern like that was amazing, dude. How do you like like you? It's just so many questions. Are you a musician? Yeah, absolutely. When did you write this song? I wrote it in August. Um, it was actually like the night before, maybe two nights before I was gonna put out the project. I put the instrumental together and then recorded the vocals and it was like the last song of this little four song mini EP. Um, and I don't know, I was like, what, what's something that I've never done before that I see everyone else do all the time? Let's put out an EP. So let's, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I love that you ask yourself, what could I do that I've never done? Yeah. Yeah. And that was what was so fun about this is that I didn't take it seriously, but like if you didn't know who I was, or you know wasn't familiar with me you'd be like like i'd probably listen to something <laughs> something else of his i don't know but you know it i think it's all about exploring new things like newness and creativity is drugs and it's like it's it's like that's the, that's the maybe not drugs like that's not the best way to say it but new, I, I identified newness and creativity is is a great high and anything that's brand new that you've never done before you know it's fresh it's a challenge and it's really the unknown and the only way to to figure it out is to by just doing it did you write the song just for the video or for some um, video i wrote it knowing that it'd be used in one of your videos yeah yeah and so yeah i think it was just about keeping it simple something that could um, if I needed to dip out the vocals to talk for you to talk over, it could be easily done. But it kind of just played really nicely at the end of that. You went to this course that was abandoned, and that was desolate and out in the middle of nowhere. You pull up in your sweet little red uh, Stuart Little car. <laughs> you just start teeing it up and like, boom, let's go. Yeah, it fits so well, man. I guess we could talk a little bit about the Isle of Man series. Yeah, um, so, so this is a series called The Golf Show. Um, again, if you haven't seen it, please check it out. It's one of our favorites. Um, the idea for this show, I feel like I've said it before, but I don't know where. It, the idea was to take adventures in golf, um, f of which we do not own the post-production on. So I don't edit at that. Thomas doesn't edit that. Mm -hmm. it, just, it just gets edited in New York and... The idea was to, to, one, experiment with taking that over, and two, was to uh, see 
how much footage could we actually maximize from one location and, and how deep could we go culturally? So Isle of Man was selected. It's got uh, nine golf courses. Two are designed by old Tom Morris, one by Alistair McKenzie. We pulled the trigger. And basically I gave you the footage without much of a probably common for what the way we work without much direction. Yeah. And you put it together. It's sort of a, it's not a vlog. It's, it's, it's shot on different cameras with separate audio. Yeah. And I mean, what was, can you just give me an overall in your experience of that? Yeah. There was a huge thematic, uh, mood to this piece, which I think was Isla Man is a very special place that a lot of people have heard about, but a lot of people haven't heard about. And those that do know about it put the put it in this this high regard as this kind of oasis and destination. And so I think you went there with that same mindset of just trying to figure it out and just trying to see what it's all about. And, you know, asking everyone that you met, like, what does Isla Man mean to you? And like, why are you here? Why do you live here? And there were so many, there were a couple interviews that didn't make the edit that um, were really neat when the the gentleman that lent you his car, you guys went yeah. into his house and he's showing you, you know, his like pristine motorbike in his living room, like like the centerpiece of his entire house. And there's just some really neat stories. And so um, the stories we did include, I think, definitely moved the narrative along and, and kept people engaged and like the 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 guy that worked in the car shop and you know you guys just drove up to this lighthouse and started chatting with him and i think i think his character and and his persona was you know one of the one of the gems in the whole piece yeah i get kind of emotional when i think of him um again if you've seen the episode you'll know it's this it's this guy who's got this uh sort of like injury on his on his leg which he has this like eiffel tower of metal pins and and like a cage around his leg and it was a motorcycle accident and yeah i mean it's just heartfelt what do you so so when you go back to um well first of all real quick one of the interesting things about those three episodes of the golf show season one we'll call it is that there is no voiceover Mm. and we had planned to do a lot of voiceover yeah you left. I asked you to leave a lot of spaces. What do you think? I mean, what did you think when I when I watched your cut and I said I'm not doing any voiceover? <laughs> uh, I was glad. I mean, you know, it didn't require anything else. But at the same time, I wasn't sure that the dots would be connected. Um, but I think visually, everything lined up and everything made sense. And voiceover would have been great. I, you know, if I was showing my grandma an edit, she probably would have understood it a little more. But it wasn't needed. It. it it would have been uh, probably a little too much, you know, for for some of those moments, and like that's a that's a credit to you to knowing when to go in and when to stay out of you know uh, an edit or or um, you know a voiceover moment. I think that's like true discernment and storytelling, and you know that's a that's a skill. So I'm I'm glad we didn't you know yeah. add anything else. It worked. It worked really well. We were just with Matt Janella at Winter Park in Orlando the other day, and he was talking about Riley Johns, who's uh, Corin Crenshaw's main uh, shaper. And he designed this Winter Park golf course, and Corin Crenshaw were were there, and it was his first work as, as an architect. And Corin Crenshaw said to him, look, Riley, like, don't try to prove anything, okay? Don't, don't. You don't need to yeah, prove anything in this one. And, and I, that probably goes through with every creation. Like you're, 
you know, your song, uh, your your song called Golf. Like it's like, it's not like you're trying to prove that you're a musician. Mm. You know, any video we do, it's like we're trying not to prove anything. And I'm curious to see season two of the Golf Show in Mexico. We shot a lot more. It's much more sprawling. I really do want. I I, I feel like I, the experiment now is. How much voiceover can we put in? Like, I want to see cool. yeah. how and and how will that make it different for the viewer? Because on some level, when I watch Adventures in Golf, the voiceover is very informative, mm -hmm. and people seem to, you know, value that educational experience. Also, um, the really interesting thing about when you watch Isle of Man, uh, sorry, when you watch the golf show in Mexico, I'm curious on your take. When you maybe we should discuss this later, but we never, I never really look at the camera once. Wow. So it's that's literally, cool. it's that's very cool. different. Yeah, yeah. And that's truly what we did was, I I was, as a, obviously I'm a fan of uh, Anthony Bourdain, mm -hmm. um, but I'm not a student, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know his work tremendously well. I've seen enough of it. Colt obviously has seen every episode twice. Mm -hmm. And so when we were in Mexico, he kept pulling up parts unknown and no reservations on his phone. Every time yeah. we were on a plane, wow. we would share an AirPod, yeah. and we would just watch half an episode. And I noticed this guy doesn't talk to the camera. What would it be like if we did that? Yeah. So yeah. really, we tried to take as a big of a page out of his book as we could. And so I'm really curious to see what that's like for you. That's cool. As an editor to work with, knowing now that you know we're going to pack this with with um, you know author authorly moment where I'm merely a uh, a, a cog in the wheel rather than some type of um, magician gesturing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a neat dynamic. And I think anytime you set those parameters for yourself, you're only setting yourself up for success because your creative vision is going to be that much more thought out, that much more intentional, and nothing is going to be left open for outside interpretation. So the fact that that's part of this story in Mexico, that you never smoke the lens once, like that's going to be a thing. And I'm really excited to kind of work around that and... and make that a, a big part of, of the story. That's really cool. I think it, Smoke the Lens, first of all, yeah. is, is a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke the Lens. No, but I think it will be really cool because I think, I'm, I'm hoping what it does is it allows the viewer to feel more like they're there. Totally. And more like they're the me. Yeah. Rather than me being someone different from the viewer. Oh, yeah. Because when I'm talking to the viewer, obviously we're not the same person. Yeah, that's good. But I think when, when I go in and merely whisper a story of, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, you know, here we are playing with this young golfer whom I thought honestly wasn't the guy I wanted to get paired up with. Mm -hmm. But it turns out he actually had a, a story to tell me that I, whatever, I'm, I'm doing dumb voiceover right now. But yeah. So um, you didn't break the fourth wall. You kept it. Not really. I, yeah. I may have looked in the camera once or twice, but it's yeah. not. It was really an intentional undoing. I like it. Which was it. hard. Oh, I bet. Because that's that is part of, you know, what that's part of your craft. Adventures in Golf, you know, the vlog, you're always connecting to the viewer. So to have that not be a thing, it's going to be really neat and something that no one's ever seen before. I'm really excited. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. We'll go over to uh, commercial. When we come back, I want to talk Iceland vlogs. I want to talk Scotland vlogs. And I want to talk about your golf game and, you know, how much you love the game of golf, how we met. It's a great story. Cool. Let's do it. All right. See you in a second. All right, folks, you know my favorite golf shoe, don't you? I think you do. It's three-stripe life, y'all, and that means Adidas. Um, 
And so anyway, I just wanted to tell you that when I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Tour 360, obviously, and uh, they've made a huge update to the Tour 360, and uh, the two letters that it's concerned with are the letters X and T, okay? The Tour 360 XT changes the game, okay? It's lighter, so your feet feel even better after a round. By the way, a light golf shoe is what I'm all about. A heavy, there are some other companies making heavy golf shoes, and I'm just like, by the way, I weigh enough. There's enough going on. I'm carrying a golf bag. I'm carrying my team. Um, Tour XT changes the game. It's lighter, so your feet feel even better after a round, and it still features that boost, y'all. Do you know where boost comes from? It And boost is cool because it only comes in black and white. I don't know if you noticed that. And actually, they the guy who made boost like was going to bring it to some other, you know, they, they were shopping it around, and everyone else said no. Adidas was like, I'll take that boost, even though it's only black and white. And what did Adidas do with it? They made it awesome. I'm looking at boost right now on my feet boost on my feet uh and it has an x-shaped traction system that gives you insane stability literally it's not sane it's literally crazy your feet will literally be like i'm crazy best part it comes in spikeless Ooh, that's tight the first spikeless ever in the history of the tour 360 crazy comfortable and perfect for the course get your pair at adidas.com thank me later follow adidas golf for all the latest and greatest that's all true statements right there check it out go support adidas because they're a good company good people i like it Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. Okay, um, so <laughs> let's just start at the beginning. You, I'm at the Masters. Yeah. I, you and I have not met. Uh, I'm, I'm involved in this wild week of ridiculousness, just covering it for Golf Digest. If you haven't seen this story, uh, you can scroll back in my Instagram and there's a couple podcasts on the incredibly unlikely scenario where Eric, me, weird guy gets to go play Augusta National, <laughs> the Augusta National. And Thomas was, you were, you were part of a small handful of people at the time who I didn't have a lot of followers at the time. It was just sort of. I was just kind of really, um, there was no big dreams for me at that point. It was just like, I'll make Adventure in Golf Season 3, mm-hmm. and me and Stuart will hang out, and yeah. no big deal. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was starting to kind of pick up traction, and you were part of the small group of people that was like, like, it meant a lot to me, like supporting this thing mm-hmm. that I was saying, gee, could I, could this happen? And And then... You know, so I did this like live video <laughs> yeah. where I found out that I got in. Yeah. And you took that video and made a piece of art with that. Yeah. That moment was like your excitement and the thrill in your voice was insane. And like your name was at the top of the list. And like you couldn't write that any better. <laughs> so <laughs> you went on Instagram live. I think I was wa- I was watching it live. I didn't really look at it till later on in the day, watch the whole thing. Uh, and then I just thought of, you know, this is like a, a something real that's happening and that he's going to play Augusta the next day. Um, and so I, I ripped that from your page and cut together a hype reel, put in some old footage, brought in the, the intro audio track from Watch the Throne, Kanye and Jay-Z, <laughs> and just made a little, just made a little thing, um, and I mean, 
it is what it is and it was nothing more than that it wasn't anything more than a thing it was it was a moment really um and sent it over to you and you were like let's link up you when you say it wasn't anything more than that you mean it wasn't like a job application or what was it um no i didn't really think of it as like oh this is like my in i i just thought of it like this is something that eric would like and i think anytime you can you can add value or bring something new like you should um and i didn't think you know this is going to change everything or this is like going to you know be some some big edit it was it was just a fun little clip playing yeah you were playing around with something that was happening yeah yeah and i i thought about it like i didn't do it for i didn't cut the video until like a couple of weeks after the masters right yeah so i i had it and um you know just kind of put it together and didn't spend too much time on it but uh it was it was definitely like as as far as like an intro goes i think it was it was really special dude i mean it meant so much to me right because at the time it was like you know i um i don't know it it, it was just really it was cool because it felt like you were down, you were there, you saw it, you, and like you said, it was, it was meaningful, like emotional, like, and, and also impossible. Yeah. The first name on the list. I mean, like, yeah, like dude. literally, <laughs> literally it was just. And you asked Marty, is this rigged? And Marty's like, oh, no, it's not, it's, that's you. It's, it's not rigged. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that happened. And I remember, um, found you on Twitter. Yeah. And then what happened? We met up or what did yeah, we do Yeah, we met up. So at the time I was in Nashville uh, for my brother-in-law's bachelor party. Right. And you hit me up and you're like, can you meet? And I was like, ah, Sunday. And so I, I took a Uber from LAX straight to your place. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I was definitely feeling it. But uh, we just sat on your porch and chatted for a while. And I was like, you made coffee and we just hung out for a little bit and didn't really talk about like working together just like kind of got to know each other which i thought was really cool you know it was um like just buds like chilling and, and getting to know each other and i didn't you know only knew what i knew about you but it, it was really really neat to get to know you on a level you know that was beyond the the shows and the instagram and the social and really get to know you for who you are as a guy that's interesting man because yeah looking back on that uh you know there there wasn't really uh, I, I, like I said, not owning the post on Adventures in Golf at this time when we met, I had no thing to edit, mm -hmm. really. Right. Like we did Vice commercials, but those yeah. kind of had, you know, they weren't a complicated edit right. or whatever. And um, and I and I, I'm always curious to know what begets what, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, because then Colt ended up coming into my life also after the Masters, mm -hmm. and Colt was like, "Oh, you should do a daily vlog," and I'm like, "Dude, I can't do a daily <laughs> vlog." Whatever, whatever, whatever. Cut yeah. to he finally talks me into some type of vlog situation. Uh -huh. Love Colt, man. He's talked me into so many great things. That's great. <laughs> Colt's one of these guys that just goes out there. He pushes and, you. Yeah, he's he's just on the front edge of the boat. That's awesome. You know? Invaluable. Yeah, it, yeah, really. And so then he gets us to somehow end up with a, with a vlog rig. And so we go to Iceland yeah. for Adventures in Golf. Uh -huh. And had, we, had you and I talked about Iceland before we went? No, you shot that after the fact, and you were like, I have all this Iceland stuff. Are you interested in putting it together? That was the first job. Um, yeah, I think it was. Maybe there was another vlog that you did, like, at your house cooking the, making the paleo cookies. Right. That was, like, the first, like, first official 
unofficial edit. Uh, <laughs> but, but the Iceland was the first project that was, you know, start to finish, golf course, trip, the boys, YouTube. And you came up with the Eric Inn title because that was called Eric in Iceland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and that was, man, that footage you guys captured was insane. Unbelievable. Insane. And so, like you said, it's funny that people haven't seen it yet. And <laughs> It's a bit of a joke. Who knows when it's coming out. I mean, I just think I want to wait. <laughs> I want to release it on Solstice. Maybe we should just wait until June. Oh, yeah. And go back. Oh, I want to go back. To, have you been to Iceland, dude? No, I haven't. You, um, But you love to travel. Uh, I do, yeah. I don't travel a lot. Um, it's tough with the gig. Yeah, it's tough with the gig. Um, You're also not allowed to leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about my past. I'm no, just kidding. Um, no, I, I love to travel. And, uh, my wife and I are hopefully going to travel later this year uh, in the fall. But um, I love Iceland. I've, I'm a huge Sigur Rós fan. Which is, you know, like Iceland is is literally their their domain. Um, I got to see them a, a year ago, and it blew my mind. So the whole the whole I think culture and visual aspect of that country and the people, everyone seems so nice. Like Victor at the hotel, like you guys walk in, and like who knows when, like two in the morning, and the sun's out, and it's just you know everyone seems so genuine, and like I just want to want to um i just love to go there someday and you know what we should about. do you know what we should do i'm thinking right now as we're talking about iceland i'm my heart is like kind of swelling up yeah. i think we should do a crew like a like a eal crew iceland like week yeah i think we should just do it that'd be amazing i think we should just book the tickets and do it yeah because as i'm thinking about it now you're totally right everyone there is super nice Every, like i'm sure we could go stay at that hotel again yeah we could go film there again and we could figure it all out we could go see things we haven't seen but like it's it's not, and I said this before, it's not like, there's a lot of vacations and golf travel experiences you can have, mm -hmm. and they're traveling. Right. But this, Iceland is like borderline interplanetary. Yeah. Like, yeah. you are not on Earth anymore. <laughs> and, you know, and, and to go back to the Sigur Rós note that you had, one of my, one of the, one of the real revelations about the Iceland vlogs when I first saw them from you was the music. Mm -hmm. You picked music that was in Icelandic. Mm-hmm. And that was local, and mm -hmm. and that I had never occurred to me, mm. never. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you could have put any other type of music into those vlogs other than music from that place, and it worked in this weird, like, totally, you know, out of this world, different dimension kind of way. Um, and so, one of the things I do have to do before we release those is just kind of shoot all those artists a, a DM and be like, Hey, like we used your stuff. Cause I don't know any of those. I don't, I don't know if they're like signed to record labels or who they are. Like I just kind of scoured SoundCloud and looked for sounds that fit different moods. And who, who are the artists? Maybe some people listening to the pod know them. Do you remember offhand? I don't. And even if I did, there's no way I'm pronouncing some of those names. <laughs> there are so many letters in Iceland. Yeah. There are so many letters. Yeah, so, no, but uh, we should go back, dude. Let's, let's, can we do that? Do you think that, it's reasonable? Oh, yeah. It's be, kind of reasonable, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like, though, if you went back, there's, I feel like there's something, some project or idea to capture that could be, like, the focus. Yeah. Because, like, you could go back just to go back, but. I think from from what I'm what I'm seeing in your eyes right now is that if you went back, you're gonna go back to do something major. 
Yeah. I don't know what that is yet, but. I don't either. Yeah. A lot of times we don't know until we kind of, <laughs> the door of the plane opens. Yeah, exactly. Um, you got into golf and golf should be grateful to you. I don't, I, I think they are. I, from what I hear on the feedback I get from my channel is they love mm -hmm. what we do. Yeah. So how do you get into, how does Thomas Wrighton get into golf? So I guess it goes back to like elementary school. Um, my grandpa, his name is Vovo. Vovo means grandfather in Portuguese. He lives in Visalia, uh, in central California, and he lives on Visalia Country Club. He's been a member there for pretty much his entire life. And so growing up, uh, we'd always go visit him, and that's kind of where I got introduced to the game was on that golf course. And it's a three-hour drive from L.A., and we'd go up pretty often, and um, we still do. And so I'd just go up there and, and just play with him, and, you know, I'd be, I was rolling dice in the, in the lounge at, like, before I was 10, and, like, you know, just kind of got, got the culture of golf before I got the game, I think. And um, after that— what, was, what does that mean, you got the culture of golf before you got the game? I think I, I, I got the—I um, got the social kind of camaraderie aspect of it before I really learned, you know, how to play, right, and how to swing, and before I took, like, proper lessons, which I think was great because it made me fall in love with not the the tactical, you know, mechanical side of it, but the story side of it and the side of it, you know, that you share with others and the side of it that people love because it's an escape and it's, you know, something that's so different from anything else on this planet. Um, so that's, I, I fell in love with that first. And then um, I kind of, you know, did lessons in middle school um, over here at Westlake uh, Golf Course. A guy named Steve Walker, who was um, one of the, the coaches there, like really poured into me and, and taught me, you know, technique. And I think he's still there. His name is still on the website. But, um, and then, you know, like most people, it kind of dropped off in high school and mm. college and didn't come back to it until maybe like four or five years ago. Seriously, I'd always played throughout the years, but never was like back in the back in the saddle. Didn't have the bug. Yeah, yeah. And so my dad got the bug a couple years ago, and then it set the whole thing on fire. I was like, all right, we're playing every weekend. Like, Tom, when you, when can you come out? When can I come out there? Like, when can we get together? And so it started this uh, this train of just being always looking for the next game and always looking for, you know, the next golf moment. Right. You know, it's interesting. You, you're talking about um, you getting the culture of golf prior to the – technique of the swing yeah that's i feel like that's very commonly i would say almost as a rule it goes the other way yeah and for me it was right yeah. i i think i was always interested in the camaraderie of the game but i think i the the um the first you know piercing of my skin with the needle of golf was <laughs> was that addiction to uh perfect contact yeah yeah and i was talking to someone the other day actually about uh, a newcomer to golf eight months in the game at lunch, he goes, I'd love to be a scratch golfer. And I mean, I just belly laughed because I'm like, right. yeah, said everybody who's been playing golf under a year. Yeah, totally. We, 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 that's that for me, that was the lure. That was the shiny thing, the shiny object. And then when I got there, I realized like, wait, no, there's a, there's no sustenance here. Mm -hmm. That's, that's fine. And that's two dimensional. But the three dimensional aspect of golf is that real, um, is the foursome, fivesome, yeah. sixsome. Right. And what's really funny, and I mean this, I mean, it's 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 a remarkable coincidence, right, that you seem to understand that so well and that that's kind of for you what 
golf spells out is that reality of you know friendship and so it would make complete sense that we would be collaborating in probably the most intimate way. I, mm. I can't think of anyone else I call, give so much control to mm. in in my creative life. Uh-huh. Wow. I mean, seriously. Well, I mean, you send me an edit, and what yeah. what notes do I send you? <laughs> Love the edit. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, yeah. Better than the last? Right, right. I can't think yeah. of that many. That's cool, man. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, to 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 be on this level of creative collaboration like i said is super special and when we were walking up to the the car just now i was, I was telling you it was you know like no other creative relationship i've ever had like we purely existed on phone calls and emails we golfed once at wilshire and hung out a you know a couple other times but like that's it and so to be able to come on a on a level playing field and be successful at it is major and it's so rare and it's such a such a neat thing and the irony is you live in pasadena which is like maybe 12 miles we live we don't live yeah. that far apart but yeah. it's just because of schedule and whatever uh you know i don't know i travel a lot you're you're in the office a lot and yeah. we're editing we're right. editing scotland videos yeah. talk about the unofficial the official unofficial golf guide to scotland dude scotland is a beast and uh it's been insane. Like the, I think, you know, we've aired six or seven episodes so far and it's like my schedule, it's been a week. So I'll, I'll edit one episode over a week and then it'll go up on, you know, that given day. But, um, I think it, I, I kind of like it cause I haven't been able to catch up. Like I'm editing for that week. So everything is fresh and I have to move fast. So I can't sit around and, you know, think about like, Oh, what if, you know, what didn't I include or could this be different? Like everything, every decision has to be direct and can't be looked back upon, which is cool because it, it moves it forward. And it it's, you know, it's similar to your trip. You guys show up to a course, you play, you figure it out. If you don't like it, you're moving on. If you like it, you know, you'll finish out. And like your, your, your guys' trip was just forward. There was no going back. There was no pause. I don't even, did you guys take a day off in between? I think every day you were on the you're on the course. No days off. Yeah. No, we, I think we took a day off when we played the old course in Kings Barnes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's insane, man. And so, um, yeah, it's it's just been super fun. And there's a handful of episodes left, and I'm I'm like a viewer. I'm I'm seeing it all unfold as I edit these pieces. So I'm seeing how it all ends. Like I don't know how it's going to end. You know, I don't know what the what the finale is going to be. So that that keeps it really fun. You talked about the idea of, of no turning back. There there was actually multiple times where we left things behind. Yeah. And I was like, we're not going back. Yeah. Like, I don't need that. Like, yeah. whatever it was. That's wild. Um, the, <laughs> it was, um, it, it's, uh, it's funny to, you know, the idea of the intuitive decision making. That's something that I've really been focusing on the last two years of my life, yeah. which is, um, you know, there's a mul- there's a lot of different ways to make a decision, right? right. You know, there's the uh, there's the um, intelligence, mm-hmm. right? Like like logic, mm-hmm. if then statements. Um, you know, why, pros and cons. But then there's the intuitive thing, which is merely like a, it takes like a quarter of a second if you do it right. Totally. You know, it's in your stomach. Yep. And um, you know, it it I've actually found it comes up a lot for me conversationally. Should I say this question? Wow. Should yeah. I, should we go here or should I just not say anything? Instinct. Instinct. Yeah. And that's sort of, I really want, I really love that. Like, 
You know the Magic 8-Balls? Remember those? Yeah, yeah. If you're young, you don't know it, but it's a little toy that's about the size of a grapefruit, and it's got like a little black liquid, and inside (laughs) it floats this little diamond that's got answers on it. Yes, no, maybe, check back later. Definitely not. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that's a fun thing in conversation is to be like, should I ask this person an incredibly direct and potentially embarrassing question? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it usually goes off well. Like there was, a, I remember my favorite one is there was a guy who was telling me what he did for a living and it involved banking or something. And mm-hmm. I was like, so you're really rich. <laughs> and he just couldn't stop laughing. And he's like, yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> and, it, and it really tends to cut away from the standard back and forth. Yeah. So how do you do that in editing? Because you, like, you, you were talking about doing it, but how do you do it? Because you're faced with you know, me, right? Mm-hmm. A quote-unquote employer, mm-hmm. a decision-maker, a creative. Um, I, the, luckily, for you, I don't remember the scenes that you don't put in because mm-hmm. it, it was a blur. Right, right. Uh, I'm not really – I'm not going to be like, what about that scene? And the truth is I understand that you're basically editing under duress. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, it's a tremendous amount of footage, probably more than we thought we would have. Yeah. And – you know, we're trying to do something great, which is this sort of encyclopedic story of the Scotland's greatest golf. Yeah. How do you how do you make these decisions? Um, speed is one thing for me. I think the faster I go, the the closer I am to the finish line. And so, um, you know, the the longest part of the process is just pulling all the great moments, what I call the selects, pulling the selects out and, and finding those moments that are going to make the edit. The most fun part is putting all that together and really seeing the the timeline take shape and, and seeing the episode take shape. And so the closer I get to editing and the farther I get away from pulling selects, is, that's that's the, the best way to do it. Um, and I think in general, like, if you're able to do something fast, you're going to win. If you're thinking about it and if you're pondering and if you're asking, I don't know, like, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Like, really, really, you know make an effort to, to be, um, to have discernment and to, to just keep going forward and, and not take those, those breaks and, you know, not, not question things like be, be confident in yourself. Did that, uh, where did you learn that? Well, let your yes be yes and let your no be no is biblical. Um, and I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what the exact verse is. I haven't read the Bible yet. I'll send it to you. <laughs> I'll send you the verse. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's letting, uh, it's allowing yourself to uh, just make decisions, and um, you know, the the best version of yourself will be the version that is always either yes or always no, never in between, never um, never doubting yourself, and never. Um, just questioning things and, you know, be quick to that yes or no moment rather than not. Um, when you're talking about playing quick or rather working quick, yeah. I was thinking about golf. Do you see a connection there? Do you, do you, do you does golf experience and, and teaching and, and knowledge ever spill over into editing or vice versa? Um, or music or whatever work I don't creatively? Think I don't think I've gotten to that, that part yet. I'm, I think I'm, I'm figuring out how, uh, golf and editing goes hand in hand. I know how music and editing goes hand in hand. It's timing, it's pacing, it's a it's a four bar, you know. But I haven't found that out with golf yet, and that's that's actually something that I've never even thought of before. So, thanks for putting that that word in my mind. I'm excited yeah. to see what how that how that pans out. 
There must be a way. Yeah. I mean, it, we'll, we'll yeah. St- we're about to go play. We'll, yeah. we'll discuss it, and um, if something profound comes up, we'll 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 revisit. What um, in closing, kind of um, you you're the voice along with myself and everyone really that we that we work with and and do pods with or whoever. You know, you're the voice of of a new golf. Mm. Can you talk about that? You know, can you talk about? Um, if you have any thoughts on on where it's going and why and what it needs and how you're going to do that and blah 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 blah. Yeah, earlier a quick, this a quick little TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> earlier this year, I put on um, an Instagram story that I wanted to throw my hat in the ring of golf, and I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how was that that was going to look. I had I took my camera out to play uh, Terranea and Palos Verdes one random time and just started taking pictures and just kind of introducing creativity into the sport. Sorry, and, can you do Terranea a bit of a service here? People who don't know what yes, it is are going to love it. Terranea is a pristine little nine-hole track at the Terranea Resort in Palos Verdes, California, about 30 minutes outside of L.A., and um, it's where my cousin got married, and so in the last like year I've played a handful of times there, and it's just it's just clean and amazing and glorious. It's, it's close. You got, you got ocean views. Oh, yeah, every hole. And it's a par three. Yeah, par three, super it's, short. And it's got really good greens. I mean, it's not yeah. cheap. It's like yeah. fifty bucks or something. Yeah, right? no, it's it's pricey, but it's um, but it's but just it's incredible. It's like whipped cream. Yeah, like it's just like it's just. <laughs> <laughs> it is the whipped cream <laughs> of nine hole bangers. <laughs> yeah, it's like handmade. They whip that shit up for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so you so you brought your camera to tear now. Yeah. So uh, I remember that. I remember seeing this. Yeah, and you know the photos I have, just put them on Instagram and. I think I was more interested to see like, okay, golf is golf and it's for fun, but what if it was to create and to be creative and to be artistic, which it's an insanely artistic sport. The history, the tradition, the um, just the importance that people place on it. It's like, it's right up there next to, you know, like going to college, I feel like for most people, like playing golf, like it's that important to people. And so I wanted to, at least like figure out what that meant to me personally, creatively. So I took my camera out, like took some pictures. Um, and I think that was just kind of got the ball rolling on this mindset that golf can be a creative outlet. And I had no idea. You know, I'd never thought that I'd be quote unquote in the golf industry, which what does that even, what does that even mean? I don't like know. Like just, you know, <clears throat> maybe that means being, I think it means you're in a little car in a parking lot talking into a microphone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's seriously what it is. And so, you know, when people ask me, like, what am I doing next? I'm like, I'm editing golf videos. <laughs> that's, that's like the most basic way of saying it. And like, you know, by remaining true to what is actually happening. But I don't know. It's weird. And I'm still figuring out the golf world and, you know, people that make it their business and make it, uh, you know, that live off of it and and make it more a part of their professional life. I think it's something very new to me, and I'm just kind of seeing where it all goes. Well, and it's a dream that a lot of people have. Totally. And totally. I see that, and I, I, I'm I, an asshole. I backed into it like a, <laughs> like a complete idiot. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. I got really lucky. And what's yeah. funny is I don't consider myself... I, I used to not consider myself a lucky person because mm-hmm. I had never won anything. Right. But now I consider myself extraordinarily lucky, and not right. just because of the golf thing. I mean, there have been a tremendous amount of weird little, like, it, it would be like, um, imagine the set of Lord of the Rings, and you're walking through, and, and you don't quite realize it, but 
at one point in a nice little field, you had this um, indicator to take a right turn. And you don't you take a right turn and it's pleasant, da, 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 but you don't realize that left was the valley of death. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't realize that you avoided death. Mordor. Yeah, Mordor. You you were gonna you were you know, and that's just that's just the way it's always been. So right. I don't um you know, I, I don't know even who to or what to be grateful to, but I do look at working now in the quote golf industry mm-hmm. as a as a wonderful opportunity and you know, it needs more people like you, Tom. I I've never that, called man. you Tom before. That's right. Your dad calls you Tom? What I understand. Uh, my family calls me Tom. My fifth grade teacher, she was like, what do you want me to call you this year? I was like, you know what? I'll try Tom. Like, you can call me Tom. I hated it the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't have the guts to say, you know what, Mrs. Jack? Like, could you call me Thomas? Like, so it is Thomas. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, I'm gonna, so it needs more people like you, Thomas. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah, me too. You know, there's, I think the, the best part of it is that going into the unknown, and uh, I'm just excited for whatever is to come. And working with you, working with the crew, being in that in that circle, I feel uh, very grateful. So thanks for for bringing me in and, and welcoming me, dude. Thank you for I, I mean a bigger thank you for just showing up because like you know it goes back to the whole random golf club thing. Like you know uh, it, it's it's I would be I would be. I wouldn't want to imagine what how it would be to create without someone who's such so much of an author to it all. Mm. It'd be it would be different. It'd be harder. It'd be a lot. It'd be a lot. It'd be just different. Anyway, cool. Wow. All right, we'll get sappy later. That means a lot, man. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, check out check out Thomas's work. Your Instagram is on fire. It's at R E I T E N. That's right. Written. And is Twitter the same? Twitter's at Thomas Rayton. It's Rayton, not Rayton. Rayton. There you go. I'm really figuring a lot of things out here. Um, but anyway, yeah, you should uh, you should definitely go check him out on Instagram. I you, I, I love your. Uh, sometimes you go live and you just play music. I love that. I tune <laughs> yeah. in. I tune more in. When of, I see thanks, it. man. Yeah, more of that. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, and uh, thank you, Thomas. Thanks, man. Thank you.